We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello everybody and it is tuesday march 15th let's legally tamper this thing the pack a day podcast the green bay packers and the rest of the nfl i don't know how this happened but there were deals agreed to at 1201 Eastern Standard Time, when the tampering window had only been open for one minute. It's amazing how fast some of these contracts get put together. I have a contract tonight with two other gentlemen, uh, fresh off of a trip to the Summit League basketball tournament, but back and ready to talk some football. I have Jake Morley, who is saving our youth one-parent teacher conference at a time and now on spring break. Mr. Stack, are you feeling okay? I'm feeling good. I feel great. It's always fun to get the legal tampering window going on when I can just sit in front of my screen all day long and hit refresh, refresh, refresh. And it is refreshing. For deals that have been done since the combine. And of course, somebody that uh, has attended the combine before, that's the only transition I've got for that, is Ross Uglum. (laughs) Ross of Packer Report. Yeah, that was pretty bad, but whatever. This is where we're at for today. It's exhausting. It's a lot of fun, Uh, but that's where we're at. Ross, how are we feeling tonight? Always good, man. Always good. Um, What what, what a day. What a a day. And I had... I had transfer portal stuff uh, for one of my other jobs, so you know, with just 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 a day, it's it's great. Yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been a lot, and then today it was interesting because we're all kind of going through the stuff that happened in the morning, and then around uh, maybe two o'clock this afternoon, maybe a little bit after that. I don't remember the exact time. Uh, Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated tweets: "Big news coming." In a moment. And then within the time from that tweet to the moment, everybody's like, oh, and then James Jones tweeted something. And then it was like, okay. James Jones got everybody up and at because obviously his tie to Devontae, that I'm sure Bill saw that tweet from James Jones was like, bro, what? Right. Right, exactly. And then you that's what everybody's thinking. So it's like, okay, is it Tay? Are they going to get the Rodgers numbers? Did they do something else? And then it comes out. The Packers re-signed Devondre Campbell, five years, $50 million. It is not really a five-year deal, but we speak in these terms when it comes to the full point of the deal. But the Packers keep the all-pro first-team linebacker on their team, and I am going to give the floor to the noted lover of off-ball linebackers and is actually, I believe, (laughs) on – I believe on uh, Mock Draft Monday, he has the Packers trading into the top 10 for one of the inside linebackers in this class. So, Ross, go ahead. How do you feel about this deal? 
on Mock Draft Monday, Mock Draft Monday got pushed to Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, which made sense. Yeah, you're right. Mock Draft Tuesday tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I just – and they did a decent enough job with it from a money standpoint. I, I, I just wouldn't have paid Aaron Jones or Devondre Campbell. That's, that's just – like that's from my team-building – super analytic. I mean, not like super analytic, but just from my don't spend money on guys that can't protect pass catch passes. And I mean, or cover passes. passes. (laughs) If you can't cover passes, catch passes, rush, he who is passing or actually pass the ball. I'm out. And, um, you know, that's, that's just where I would have been at. Uh, However, uh, five years, 50 win foyer. Oh, look, Khan is getting three years, 46, five. Uh, that'll do. You're going to be a first team, all pro inside linebacker for 10, 10 million a year. I mean, you look at what like Blake Martinez got from the giants and no disrespect to Blake, but he's not a first team, all pro. I mean, this is as team friendly of a deal as you're going to get. I would have used that money elsewhere. It doesn't matter what I would have done. <laughs> it's it's this on its, on its face is an excellent deal for the Packers. And, um, you know, is, it, it continues, I guess, their kind of uh, commitment or you know perceived commitment to to winning and to winning in the short term, winning in the next two three year window. Keep in mind, you know, Devondre's twenty eight. It's not he's not an old man, and if this truly is a three year deal, which it, it, it almost certainly is, you know, then. They can cut him in three years and he'll be 31, probably still playing okay football. Same thing with Preston Smith. You go look, and maybe I'm jumping the gun there, but you go look at Preston Smith's, you know, terms, and it's it's like five consecutive one-year deals. It's it's five consecutive team options, basically, for the Green Bay Packers, the way that one was was uh, was structured. Yeah, that's with, the way these things uh, work, too. Uh, Jake, with, go ahead. With Campbell, like, looking at his contract, too, so you talk about all-pro play at the inside linebacker position. Fred Werner and Darius Leonard are the two guys that I think are kind of the consensus all-pros. But Devondre Campbell was an all-pro over uh, Fred or Fred Werner, I think it's who I meant to say if I didn't say that. But those guys are each making 18 and 19 per. You know, so you get a guy like Devondre coming and making about, you know, between 10 and 11 per year. I think that's a, a fantastic signing. And I would push back on Ross a little bit because I think Devondre can cover. I think that's why he's an all-pro. I think that's why he is kind of roaming that middle of the field because I think as far as coverage linebackers go, I think uh, he's right up there with anybody in the National Football League. And I think that is valuable. And I think when you have a guy like that, that's when you don't want a guy like that to get away because the dime a dozen thumpers, like you can get those guys. Those guys are everywhere. Um, and Campbell can do that, but I think Campbell plays all three downs, and he's an all three down linebacker, and he's going to be um, for the Packers for the next three years. So I, I like the signing. I, I love the signing. I will go though, like, come on, James. I think I even tweeted like De- uh, Devontae contract incoming because it. We all thought that, right? Yeah, we already went over. Yeah, he's yeah. going to get signed. Woo! Here we go. <laughs> Oh, it's Devondre. And like, I was happy. I was stoked. I'm so happy that Devondre Campbell is a Packer. But then I, I still was found myself a little bit disappointed. I was like, oh, never mind. I am dumb. Um, but that that was already confirmed. We already knew that. It didn't take a dumb tweet for me to uh, let everyone know that I am not a smart. No, that that it did not. But <laughs> when, it, when it comes to 
when it comes to Devondre specifically, I, I think the thing that we've talked about is I'm I'm kind of with Ross on the camp of the only way this is going to upset me is if it costs them Rasul Douglas. Uh, because I've I've done it. I've written stuff saying, you know, my priority free agents if I'm the Packers, Devontae Adams is number one. And then after that, it was Rasul Douglas because the the positional value there to me matters. And I think if you can run a secondary out there next year with Stokes, Alexander, Douglas, and then the two safeties, and then maybe they upgrade that third safety position early in the draft. We'll have plenty of time to talk about stuff like that in you're, that's a souped-up secondary that Green Bay hasn't had since the days of Charles Woodson, Tremont Williams, and Sam Shields roaming that back end. It is, it is very intriguing. It's very interesting. In a normal world, in a vacuum, maybe you're not paying an off-ball linebacker ten million dollars annually. You know, it really breaks down about two years for twenty-one million dollars, or three years for thirty-two million dollars. Depends on how it all shakes out. But this is a short-term window where you're all in, just to use the buzz phrase. And I think the Packers are building the team accordingly. It's very similar to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. In a normal world, would I have paid Aaron Jones? No. But again, you're talking about a window where the Packers are looking at, you know, the next two or three years. And that's something that was really important, I think, to the quarterback, certainly to have Aaron Jones around. And I think that'll be the case with Devondre Campbell as well. And now at least I feel good about the fact that next year, going into the year that because the replacement, you know, if you're talking about it, is Chris Barnes, maybe. Maybe they signed another vet or they're drafting a guy on day three because they're just, I guess I've been proven wrong before, but if they draft a linebacker in the first two rounds, I'm not going to make some stupid bet and have to do something like that, but I would just be stunned if that were the case. Um, I can't picture a world where the Packers do something like that, but I do think when we talk about a few things, maybe the Packers value that position a little bit more than they have in the past. I don't know if that's necessarily the case because this is the same you know, this is the same administration that put uh, a lot of draft capital into drafting Warren Burks, and they traded up to go get him. But this is a little different. Campbell's a good player, and Burks is Burks. Wow. So that's <laughs> that's that's the way that went. Um, so Devondre Campbell back in Green Bay for the foreseeable future. If you wanted to buy a Devondre Campbell jersey but were afraid to because of his contract, I understand. You may now purchase one of those and feel good about it for at least two or three more years. The man in the middle – is back. The man on the outside uh, will not be back under the franchise tag, and that is Devontae Adams reported this morning by Ian Rappaport that Adams has informed the team he will not play on the franchise tag. My take on this is very simple. It's the same one I had with Devondre Campbell. The next guy that the Packers publicly express interest in getting a long-term deal with that is one of their own that they do not get will be the first. Devontae Adams is going to get a long-term contract in Green Bay. He will have that happen before July 15th. He's not playing on the franchise tag, and it's not going to be a problem. And I know there's going to be worries about how this relationship – Ian said the relationship is, quote, not in a good place right now. Well, big contract negotiations are often very tense on that. And then – I was going to – because Ian, if you listen to that full – uh, clip from him. He talks about they're not in a good place. Hopefully, this situation come or and then he said we expect this situation to come to a head within the next forty eight hours. So, like, what does that mean? Yeah, like, I don't. Are they going to trade him? It's, are they going to trade? It's all agenting. Yes. That's, yeah, that's exactly. Tell what Ian Rappaport, you, you the agent, tell Ian Rappaport to say dumb shit, and then he says that on the air, and then. That's supposed to freak out Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball, who do not care. This, oh, this relationship is terrible stuff is all shifty, Ian. Like, 
they work for the agents. Don't don't they work for ESPN? But don't don't misunderstand it. They work for the agents. The agents feed them the info, and they need the info. That that's that's how that's how they have value is the info they get from the agents. I don't think the teams leak that much stuff to these guys anymore. And so you're seeing a very pro player, I think, movement. And, and by that, I mean pro-agent movement by these big-time newsbreakers. And that's why you have rap sheets saying, like, oh, man, the Packers are in terrible position with Devontae Adams. Well, then you've got, you know, 3.8 million Packer fans on Twitter complaining about the front office. And, you know, in theory, the agent thinks that's going to put a bunch of pressure on Goody and Ball, but they just don't care. No, and they're not going to, and it's going to be fine. And like I was getting to before Mr. Morley uh, very rudely interrupted me and waved his hands in my face, uh, it was that this situation presented itself two years ago with David Bakhtiari as well. It just wasn't as public because Rappaport wasn't reporting stuff. But you guys saw Bakhtiari would make a snide remark here or there. Well, maybe I'm not worth that or just stuff like that. And it got done. It got done. And it's going to get done with Adams too. And they didn't. Like for everybody's like, well, what if they just walk away from Devontae Adams? Like, what if they trade him? They're bringing back Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams isn't getting traded. Part of Aaron Rodgers coming back was 100% that Devontae Adams was going to be back on this team as well. Aaron Rodgers didn't come back to Green Bay to throw passes to Amari Rodgers and Equinemius St. Brown. God bless those guys. That's just not something that's going to be in the cards. I have zero concern about whether Adams is going to get a long-term deal. I don't care what they said today. I don't care what they said now. On July 15th or sooner, there will be a long-term deal. Adams will be a receiver in Green Bay for the foreseeable future, along with the quarterback. Ross, anything to add on that other than it's all agenting? Uh, no, no. Okay, so I, Jay- I mean it's yeah. It, he, <laughs> this is kind of what I kept talking about with Rodgers. It never made sense to me that Adams that that Aaron Jones would do a long term deal that. Literally, the man whom for for whom he performed their wedding ceremony signed a long term deal, and Rodgers was just going to bounce. And the same kind of thing applies to Devontae Adams. Do you really think these guys got Aaron Rodgers to agree to come back and don't have an absolute mandate that Devontae Adams is going to come back or Aaron Rodgers is not going to kill somebody? This is is the same dude that last year demanded that they trade for freaking Randall Cobb. Nothing against Randall Cobb. Not the same level of player as Devontae Adams. And they did it. So they did it. And Goody basically told you, we didn't really want to, but it was important to Aaron, so we did. Adams is going to be back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. 
Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And I think the bigger concern is is the $20 million that's hanging over their head right now with the tag. Like, that's what they would like to get out of the way more than anything. Because, like, my concern level for Devontae not playing in Green Bay next year is, is like a negative five. It's He's going to be wearing 17 at Lambeau Field next year. That is – there's no question in my mind. And the fact that Rap Sheet said, you know, within the next 48 hours tells me that they actually are close – they are closer than than what we are hearing right now because all of the their far away stuff is like what Raj just said. It is agent speak. It is a bargaining chip. It is a tool. Uh, they are using those people, and it's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, they're far away. Uh, Devontae's upset. Boom, extension, and boom, everyone's happy, right? So uh, I think the bigger thing is is like I'm I'm assuming Green Bay would like to get that twenty million. Uh, down in the first year so they can have a little bit more wiggle room with the cap this year. But um, we will see, and I think we will know it in the next couple of days. I do as well. Something else that we know now, some contract deals from guys that were last year. Zadarius Smith, out. Preston Smith, extended. And Ross talked about the contract structure for that a little bit ago. And Billy Turner was cut with a failed physical designation. Guys, just real quick on that front, Morley, what I mean, what sticks out? I don't think there was anything in there that's overly surprising. Maybe a little bit of an eyebrow raiser when it came to Billy, but that was about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Billy was kind of the one that's like, all right, I, I could see that one going either way. We knew Zedarius was gone. That had been a far, foregone conclusion for a while. Someone asked me today on Twitter and, the, Twitter and they said, well, give me, give me one good reason why the Packers would sign Preston Smith over Zadarius Smith. And the one good reason is health. He's healthy, right? Like he's, he dude doesn't get hurt. Zadarius, um, you know, let's, let's remove all kind of like the odd stuff. We don't really know what happened behind closed doors with him this last year, but it was weird. It was odd. The whole season was kind of odd. There is some weird undertoes going on with that. And then he has, a, he's got a back injury. Like that's, that's not nothing. You know, and that's that is that's kind of scary, especially for a pass rusher. Could he come back next year, be an all pro, all that stuff? Absolutely. But I think when you look at the way the Packers build this team, they want guys on the team that are available. They want guys that have been there that are willing to work with their contract to put the team first. Um, and Preston has been that guy for, as you know, two years ago, everybody wanted Preston out of town. And he came back last year, had a fantastic season for them. The the research, the, the, uh, the emergence, excuse me, of Rashawn Gary made Zedarius really just honestly expendable. My and son. then with with Billy, you know, in hindsight now, it, it makes sense because I think with Billy, you know, it's kind of it's roster building 101. The Packers like Billy Turner. We all like Billy Turner. He's a great football player. He's a great teammate. Um, and he's going to continue to be those things for another team. But I think the Packers are looking at this and saying, we have a, a cheaper option in, in Josh Neisman to kind of hold the fort down at right tackle until Elton Jenkins gets healthy. And Elton is a he'll be an upgrade. He will be an upgrade at right tackle over Billy Turner. And that is just kind of a, I mean, I just really think that's a fact. And with Elton Jenkins, this guy, I said it today, and I, I don't, I'm not 
joking when I say this. Elton Jenkins has legit Hall of Fame type ability. Like he is that dude. He is that type of player or you could kick him out at right tackle, and I think he could lock that spot down for the next 10 years and be a, a, be an all-pro, a multiple-time multiple all-pro at the right tackle position. Billy is not going to be that guy. Billy is going to be a an above-average to high-level starter in the NFL like he was for the Packers. His biggest thing has been his versatility and availability, um, and that's been great for the Packers for the last three years. He has outperformed his contract and, and Ross, I know you, you championed for him right away. When he first signed that contract to Green Bay, a lot of people took a dump on that because they're like, that is way too mm-hmm. much for him. He outperformed the heck out of that contract. And I hope he gets another one. And, and someone, and I think the common consensus with Packers fans is he really won over fans. And he kind of became a fan favorite. And I think a lot of people um, are sad to see him go, but Billy's going to land on his feet. He's probably going to get a raise, and he's probably going to continue to be a good football player, and the Packers just have to move on with younger, cheaper options. That's just kind of how you turn your roster in today's NFL. Ross, anything on that? Just sadness, you know, mostly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, I just wouldn't have done that, man. Uh, with because it's not a clean cut, you know the the way they structured that 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 deal, they are going to still have to meet to eat some of that. Billy Turner, I mean, like a significant, I think it's like five million dollars in dead money. Um, I would have kept him, you know, uh, especially with I have tons of questions about David Bakhtari here. I'm 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 very hopeful that they'll be all answered, but that just I, I don't like the way that the end of the season went for him. Um, we have Elton Jenkins with a completely blown out ACL and I, he's a lot younger than Bach, but who the hell knows how that's going to go. Uh, we've never actually seen Yosh play right tackle at the professional level. Royce. I don't know. I mean, there's just so many different spots. I, I think you feel okay about Myers. You feel okay about Runyon, but there are so many places on that line that kind of make you scratch your head and like putting Billy there would make you scratch your head a lot less. Right. I just would have paid the 7 million bucks, man. But Hey, I, you know, and then tell you what, I definitely would have cut Randall Cobb or Mason Crosby before I would have cut Billy Turner. There, there's no question about that. And I, I have all the love in the world for Mason and some of the moments he's delivered to Packers fans, but he wasn't good last year. I, I and he's I a kicker. That's yeah. Like, let's do that right. Well, you know, I'm going to say it. I would, I would say <laughs> he's it. a kicker. Like that's, that's that. Yeah. Well, I think I, I was, I was going to say, I think the Packers kind of are telling you what they think, like all, all the, all the questions that you have are valid Ross. And I think those are questions that all of us have. And the Packers would answer it with basically like, well, we believe in those guys. We really believe in those guys. We believe in Bakhtiari's knee. Um, We believe in Elton and his rehab and his ability to kick out to right tackle. We believe in Yash. Now the question is, are they right? You know, are are they going to be correct in in their belief and their hopes for who they have and who they're going to be rolling out? And heck, for all we know, they're going to draft a tackle at 28 and they'll be like, Hey, that's our, that's our right tackle now. You know? So like, I mean, there, there's still stuff to add. The Packers were very good at identifying talent in the draft. Um, and I think they'll continue to, to be good. And I think they're, they're betting on themselves being able the to one thing that. just to keep in mind for everybody here is every year since Brian Gutekunst has been the general manager, he has signed a free agent offensive lineman and he has drafted an offensive lineman, at least one every single year since he became the general manager. Sometimes that free agent means it's Byron Bell. 
But other times it's meant Billy Turner and Rick Wagner and Dennis Kelly, who at minimum were solid players for them. I'm with Ross. It stinks. Um, I would have liked to have just been able to see, can we get a playoff game with David Bakhtiari and Billy Turner at as the one time? One time. <laughs> David one time. Bakhtiari and Billy Turner have never played a playoff game as the preferred starting tackles in their spots. Like that's crazy to think of because Billy played right guard, obviously in the 2019 season, 2020 Bakhtiari was hurt. 2021 Bakhtiari was hurt. Uh, again, I'm with Ross. I would have figured out a way to do that. Uh, maybe that meant extending him. I don't, I would imagine they probably asked Turner if he was willing to take a pay cut, but he wasn't, you know, my thing with, with the team now is looking at it is like you said, Ross, you feel pretty good about that. Is Jenkins going to be the right tackle? Maybe. Uh, I would promise you that they need to start teaching Yosh Nyman how to wipe his ass with the other hand. I can promise you that conversation has already been had. A lot of cursing. We're going to have to let Andy know. There's a lot of cursing I already, on this show. I already sent Jake a message to, to cut part of this. So, But no, nonetheless, and you know, we've got – was that Rocky that was jumping in here too? That's pretty cool if that were the case. But uh, anyways, we've got some uh, – I don't know what's going on. Maybe it was just creaking. I don't know. This show is completely uh, – we're off we're the rails. rails. They- I got – dude, so I'm going to get us back on track here with this because this just occurred to me and this is funny. So, Billy Turner ended his career in Green Bay as a fan favorite. But, like, each year when they signed him, each year when they – like, something new that people were pissed off about. Like, they're pissed that he got signed and then he played guard. And then they're like, nah, this guy sucks. He's, he, why are we pay him to play this guard? And then the Packers move him to right tackle. Fans are pissed. Oh, he sucks. Why are we moving him to right tackle? He's, he's, he's not good. And then they let him stay at right tackle for two years, and then they get rid of him, and then they're pissed because they got rid of him. Like every move they made with Billy Turner and Green Bay fans have just been upset about. But, uh, but hat, you know, tip of the cap to Billy Turner, a, a fantastic Green Bay Packers. So, uh, and I That's know. The- that's one thing I will say about Bill too. Um, like I've got, I live right in the middle of Vikings country. It's the worst, but um, you know, I've got people that are NDSU slash Vikings fans. Cause that's the predominant, you know, pro team around here. And well, can, can we sign Billy to play guard? And I just said, man, I, I tell you what, everyone just assumes that guard is easier and that, you know, average tackles will be above average guards. I think if we found out anything about Billy Turner in Green Bay, that he's a tackle who should play tackle. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, that's that's what I've seen. That, that's that's where my head is at. I I think almost all of his tape at tackle is better than his tape at guard. And uh, they, you know, obviously in Minnesota, they've got Darrison, Brian O'Neill, and no no room for Billy Turner. Man, I, if I'm if I'm a team out there, I am signing Billy to play right tackle. Period. If I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, he he was already signed. Well, well, one other thing just to note is it was a failed physical, so I guess there could be more than meets the eye from a from a physical standpoint. He was injured when they played uh, San Francisco in the playoffs, so there was that. But that's just something to to keep in mind on that. So let's move ahead to our next topic: sadness. Obviously, we spent all of our time on Billy Turner. Shout out to Darius Smith, one of the best signings that the Packers have ever made, and it was only two seasons. Unfortunate that it worked out this way because there was really only one way to do it. Speaking of fan favorites, Randall Cobb. Uh, Jason Wildey of ESPN Madison today reported that he was texting Randall Cobb over the weekend and said that Cobb expects to be back in Green Bay, but not at his current cap number. Jacob Morley, is there a problem with that possibility? Support for the Packaday podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. 
Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off in free worldwide shipping with code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. Friends, inside this package, you're going to find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to Hold Your Goodies. And let me tell you a bit more about this Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, sort of important, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code PACKADAY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Is there, well, there's a big problem if he wants to play at his number, but it sounds like he he doesn't. So, yeah. So I think, no, I think that's fine. Um, I don't think you're a worse football team with Randall Cobb on it, but I do think they're going to need the the problem with Cobb being on the team is he basically has to be your starting slot because he's not going to play special teams I mean he, he might return some punts but he's not covering kicks he's not covering punts and if he's not your starting slot then you're talking about him as your fifth sixth receiver on the depth chart that doesn't play special teams that is an issue and that's an issue that we saw arise last year with the special teams unit um, so it doesn't bother me. You know, it's it's fine. And I think Cobb was really starting to heat up before he got hurt. I mean, if you remember the L.A. game, like, I mean, he, he single-handedly torched the Rams. And so, like, if you get that guy four or five times a year, that's great. But, you know, at, at what point are you sacrificing some a, a little bit of a youth movement at the wide receiver position just to hold on to Randall Cobb? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that, like, just kind of whatever with it. The thing, okay, I'm with you, but the thing about that is, like, you have a youth movement, or maybe you don't, with, I mean, they could punt on Amari Rodgers. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. That is funny, though. Uh, they could punt, they could punt on Amari Rodgers. We don't know. Uh, it, would, it would not be normal for them to bail on a third-round pick that easy. But they're going to keep, I mean, this is the new NFL, right? They're going to keep six or seven receivers. So you lose MVS. I, I, what's the deal with EQ? He's, he's got to be same draft class. He's, he's got to yeah. be he's free agent. available, right? Yeah. So you lose MVS, you lose EQ, you bring back Devontae, you bring back Lazard, you bring back Cobb. You're still going to have four out of seven young wide receivers, or three out of six, unless that you know, unless you get into whatever. And Jarvis Landry, I think, but you know, unless you get into the Michael Gallup conversation or whomever is still out there, I. I Michael Gallup Maybe. is not. What happened? He got paid. Oh, by the Cowboys? Yeah. Not good for him. But Michael Gallup type. Ta- ta- you know, not Zay Jones. Zay, yeah. Not, yeah, Zay Jones uh, and not Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk and outside wide receivers. 37 receivers that got paid today by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's good news. Sure. Hey, maybe, I, maybe, maybe there's another Jacksonville receiver that may become available. Ross, have you have you heard anything about this guy named Lavisca? Yeah, I, have, I heard you used to like him a lot. I'm worried about Lavisca playing anything but slot, but whatever. Well, um, you know, maybe they get involved with Allen Robinson. I don't know. The, the, my, my point is that if if what we think is going to happen happens, and Green Bay brings back Lazard, 
Adams, Cobb, and those are your veterans. There's still three or four roster spots that are available for kids, including Amari Rogers. So, and and that could be guys that play special teams. It could be Christian Watson. It could be, um, you know, a number of guys. And I just didn't want to go, you know, a Tuesday Pack a Day podcast without saying the words I Christian tried, Watson. Guys. I, I really did. I tried to get it to not be the Christian Watson <laughs> hour here. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, I mean, any any of these wide receivers, any of them, you know, Olave, wh- whomever, it could be one of those dudes. But there, I, I just, I think three is fine. Three out of six is fine. Four out of seven is fine. I don't, I don't think, think they you need, need to move on. Move it's on like Juwan, Juwan, Juwan Winfrey said that we don't. I'm. Know. I can promise you that there's a reason yeah, we true. don't even know either. But that 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 is okay. I think that the concern with Cobb on my end, I don't. If he's back, like it's like we talked about last year when they originally traded for him. If keeping Cobb means you get to keep the league MVP, then if Cobb's going to play on like the vet minimum or like just above that because his name is Randall Cobb and that garners some kind of respect, then whatever. That's worth it because of the money you saved with Aaron Rodgers. You just kind of mark those two things together and away we go. My only concern with keeping them is MVS is gone. There's no question MVS is, well, maybe not no question, but very little question that MVS is not going to be back. The concern I have from a team building standpoint is how are you better at that position with those three guys that you weren't that great at anyway? I know there's been a lot of discourse over the last three years about the Packers and receivers and everything like that, but that is the reality is they have not been great at that position, and I don't know how they're better barring a a massive investment. Maybe that's a first round pick. Maybe that's a trade into the second and doing stuff. Maybe it's an acquisition of a guy. Uh, You guys were talking about veteran receivers. You know, I think Will Fuller is somebody that they could certainly be involved in on again. They've been involved on that in the past. He could be cheaper because he's been injured. Who knows? I do know that that is my biggest concern is how do you get better at that position when you bring back Tay, Lazard, and Cobb and you figure – you know, maybe they draft a guy somewhat early, but like Ross said, there's four or five, you know, three, four other spots. Maybe Amari Rogers is better, and that could certainly be part of the growth of the receiver room. If Amari Rogers is anything, they're better in that at least that part of the roster spot than they were last year. Because Amari Rogers, Ross said earlier, they could pawn on him, and I've talked about how that'd be wild after his rookie season. But based on just his rookie season alone, if you had nothing else off of that, not completely unjustified, it was awful. But that's the case there. Cobb will be back in Green Bay. I expect some news on his contract to be announced tomorrow, uh, maybe maybe Wednesday. Today, yeah, today, maybe Wednesday. Today, yeah, like maybe that could certainly be possible. This. There's this like has been the most something. worthless podcast over the last three weeks because everything we say eventually there's some news that kind of takes a crap all over that. <laughs> well, gosh, I mean, imagine. So today is what Monday, free agent frenzy, right? Tomorrow's going to be Tuesday. The Packers are still over the cap, and they have to be under it by. Wednesday at three. So like, things, Wednesday at three Lambo time. So things things that we expected to happen were Zadarius being gone, right? That happened. Uh, tag it and tag that happened. Rogers, you know, doing something with his contract that happened. Things that I but that did, but but hey, but that didn't happen. I mean, allegedly, one of the reasons I know, but but my point is one of the reasons that they're not under the cap is because of the Rodgers thing not being reported yet. So there's a – I mean, there's a very reasonable theory out there that once the Rodgers thing is reported, they'll actually already be under the cap. And they might do some other moves to get further under the cap, but there's a chance that once once they do Rodgers and Cobb or once we find out about Rodgers and Cobb, boom, they're under the cap. So we haven't talked since that talk of his discuss- – or of his contract. 
hit because he announced that after we talked last week. There are there seems to be two schools of thought. There's Ian Rappaport, who reported four years, two hundred million dollars. Rogers basically told Pat McAfee that's not true, but that is leading to the speculation that Aaron Rodgers is actually Andrew Brandt is still on this train. If it's a one year last dance, this is it. They're doing everything for that. I will say this to everybody who's listening to this: if the Packers agreed to that instead of trading him. They get every single thing that they deserve after the fact. Like Aaron Rodgers needs to be the quarterback of this team if he's coming back for more than one season. If they agreed to letting him be a free agent after this season, that is atrocious, in my opinion, based on everything that's going. Ross, you look like you're chomping at the bit, so hit me. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I disagree with Brant, man. He's been wrong at a lot of different, a lot of different points in this thing. I just. I don't think, you know, I, I just don't see um, how they're going to be in a situation, like in a spot to pay all this money to Bakhtari for that length of time, to Campbell for that length. They are making, and, and hey, I've talked to Peter Bukowski about this before. Maybe, you know, uh, signing, keeping good players on the team at reasonable contract is just good business. But nothing about what they're doing including extending Preston Smith, including extending Devondre Campbell, says anything other than we view this as a championship window. And let me tell you, a championship window has to have number 12 in it, period. So I just – I don't buy this this last dance thing. These guys aren't signing last dance contracts. No, and here's my deal with Brand. Is Andrew Brandt's really smart? Who am I to question Andrew Brandt? But here's the other thing. When people say he's got an insight – into how the Packers operate. He does to a point. But remember, Andrew Brandt hasn't been involved in the Packers organization since 2008. And the Packers are a full general manager removed from that. And Brian Gutekunst has clearly shown that he is willing to do things differently than the way his predecessor did. Ted Thompson would never have this roster, this salary cap situation. Nothing like that would exist with Ted Thompson in his prime at the helm. This just would not be the case. So, that's something to think on that. Morley, real quick, do that before we hit our last topic and close. Yeah, I think there's been like a weird consensus now or talk that the Packers, because of everything that happened last last offseason, are stupid, right? Like, how could they let it get to that with Aaron Rodgers? They must all be dumb. Or that they're just dead set on the fact that Jordan Love has to play quarterback for them at some point. Like, I think they've also clearly shown that's not the case. Yeah, they have. <laughs> I think they absolutely have. And I think they've also shown that they're not dumb. They, they are not dumb and letting Rogers come back on a one-year deal would be very dumb. And I don't think they would agree to that. I think they would have traded him. And I think that with the Rappaport stuff and the Rogers and McAfee stuff, I don't think they're probably that far off. Like I think Rogers saying that it, it, sure, that's fine. But I don't think, but Rappaport has not come off that whatsoever. And it's been a week. And so, and he didn't pull those numbers out of his butt. Like, that's not like <laughs> – he got those from somebody. Right, we already talked about that on this show. Like, they have connections with people in – you know, in the, with agents, um, with league people, people that want to get that stuff out. And Rappaport heard that from someone. So, it would be – it would be very wild. And the only way I could see that being a thing is, like, if he got all this money and it's really a one-year deal with three void years on it. But that would be – again, the Packers aren't stupid. And that would be stupid. But, uh, you know, t- time will tell. And as the great Ross Uglum did say last week. Something about Christian Watson? He was, oh. he was very, <laughs> no, 
with uh, I, I actually was with Ross and I took a scolding from him in the hotel room because he said, what, what did you say, Ross? Something about everybody. Why don't you just wait till the quarterback speaks? And why don't you just wait till 12 actually said something? And you know what? It's a novel concept. It's a novel concept. And you know what, Ross? You're probably right. I'm going to rant now. I'm going to rant. We have time for this. I'm making time for this. Yes. I'm glad I poked the bear. Here's the thing. I get I, – I'm just – all these national accounts. And look, I disagree with Aaron Rodgers about vaccination, about, about probably 8,000 other things. I do not worship at the altar in the church of Aaron Rodgers by any stretch. With that said, he got up in front of God and everybody and said, I'm not going to drag this out. Then he did some ridiculous thing to his body, came on McAfee and said, I'm going to make a decision before the tag deadline or before the league year starts. Then he went away again, and then he called Pat to tell him he was coming back. Those are actually the only three things that Aaron Rodgers said. Everything else has been Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport agenting for someone. And all of that goes on Rodgers and Vikings fans or Tom Brady fans or whoever the hell fans paint this picture of Rodgers that he's dramatic. And maybe he is, but he legitimately came out and said, I'm not going to take this long to make a decision. This is when I'm going to make my decision by. And then he made his decision by that point. I would just, the actual human being who has to make the decision has pretty much not misled anybody about his timeline. Yet we get this whole, oh, Rogers is a diva. Oh, Rogers is saying this and that. So the news cycle goes back on him. He pretty much laid out his timeline and has followed it to a T. And he did. And and I'm as guilty of anybody as maybe being a little emotional. I do think that there's – I'm with you, Ross. I don't worship at the altar of Aaron Rodgers. There's plenty of things I disagree with him about. There are things – in general, you know, he hasn't lied a whole hell of a lot. There are some things he lied about, you know, famously rather, and some other ones where he said, you know, I didn't leak anything to Adam Schefter last year. I think that was a lie too. So there's a lot of things in there that he's done, but that's the case. He's the quarterback – We'll see how long, but I do not – I'm with you guys. I think the general point that we're trying to get at here, Aaron Rodgers did not come back, and the Packers and the players and all these contracts and everything, it just doesn't point to one more. One more year, and the Packers letting this dude be a free agent. Like I think the goal is now Aaron Rodgers retires as a Green Bay Packer, and I will bet you when this contract comes out, it'll be two years and a chance to revisit and extend him if he wants to play more and if he's still good or he retires and the Packers maybe take some salary cap medicine in that third year before being out from under that contract and have a different guy waiting in the wings. But I think there's a few things you can count on. The stuff Ross said, and number two, Jordan Love is never going to be the preferred starter in Green Bay. So I know everything that's been said about how the Packers, they value their first-round picks. They won't just throw one of those away. Well, with the quarterback, they're going to. And and that's just the way that that is going to go. And it's because Rodgers, to his credit – Gave them no choice. Like individually, there's nothing more from an individual standpoint he could have done the last two years to change their mind. So he did. And that's that's the case with Rodgers. We've talked enough about that. Last topic of the night. Aaron Wilson has reported. We still have more topics. Did something just happen? <laughs> <laughs> 
Aaron, well, we just we just went rogue. That wasn't in the script, so we just decided to talk about it. Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network is reporting that the Packers are expected to retain Rasul Douglas. My take on that real quick is I've said at the beginning of the show, my number one free agent for the Packers to bring back was Devontae Adams. You keep a Hall of Famer. That's just how that is, especially if you're going to keep Aaron Rodgers. Number two was Rasul Douglas. And like I said, I think that secondary you have with Douglas, Alexander, and Eric Stokes, you figure out ways to mess with stuff. Douglas said he was willing to play safety. Maybe that's something they can play around with during training camp. I don't know. I don't care. What I do know is it's a really good problem to know that if, God forbid, Eric Stokes has to miss time with an injury, that your two starting corners in base are going to be Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas instead of Jair Alexander and Shamar John Charles. All due respect to Shamar John Charles, just haven't seen him play any meaningful snaps that give you any confidence at all. That was the number two guy I would have brought back above all of them. That includes Campbell. That includes name your other guy. It was Rasul Douglas. That was the dude I wanted back. I think that's the guy that uh, the Packers, it appears they do want him back. There are some other whispers uh, that they've talked, and we'll see what happens on that front. Ross, do you think that there's credence to that report? Does somebody need to take away Rasul Douglas's phone based on the cryptic tweets and everything that was going on today? What do you make of this whole Douglas situation? I I think, I mean, it makes sense. Although I will say – you know, I was going to say cornerbacks are worth their weight in gold, but man, we saw some pretty meager, at least for what I thought their value would be, cornerback things like Carlton Davis, three years, 45. Whew, I, I, I'd have done that like that. Um, I, I just think that for whatever reason, too, there's a schematic fit in what Joe Barry does and what Rasul Douglas does well that I think Rasul would be wise. To, and go get your money, man. Like, I, who gives a shit what I think? But. I think Rasul would be wise to understand that, like, before this, the NFL deemed you a practice squad player. They were wrong, obviously, but the scheme fit is there with what the Green Bay Packers are doing. He loved it in Green Bay. He tweeted that he loved it in Green Bay. Uh, I'm sure, you know, he could convince the Jaguars to maybe give him a little bit more money. They seem to be giving that to whomever wants. By the way, Jaguars, I am available. Um, But – I, I think ultimately the marriage between Green Bay and and uh, and Rasul makes sense, man. And and if that means that Jair plays a little bit more slot or or Sewell plays a little bit more safety, I don't care. It, it, I mean, I I want people in the secondary who can play, people in the secondary who can cover. What did I start the show with? Pass it, catch it, defend the pass, or protect the passer, or rush the passer. Do one of those things. Sewell does one of those things. Pop it, twist it. Yeah, he does, and he, and he's good, and and that's yeah, that's pop it. <laughs> that's what I just got out of that. Yeah, dude. Hey, and I mean, I love the idea of Jair actually playing in the slot with two healthy shoulders as well, because get that man closer to the ball and let him do let him do some fun stuff. So I. Well, it's a good problem to have. Like, you could play matchups. You're playing the Rams, then you can put Jair in the slot and run him against Cooper Cup most of the day. If you're playing, you know, the Bucks, then you want him to run with Chris Godwin or Mike Evans or somebody like that. You can do that, too. There's just so many good teams in the NFL now, especially. And if you look NFC, AFC, most teams have two, three, four good wide receivers, and you got to be able to cover those and guys. And just the idea of Stokes getting better, right? Like, we're we're already talking about Stokes, you know, just he was very good last year. Chances are he's going to get better. Young kid. Young kid with 
still untapped potential playing in that secondary uh, with Savage, Amos. Yeah, I mean, like that that could potentially be the best secondary in the NFL. And I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm exaggerating by saying that. Like it legitimately, you could legitimately be five deep with dudes. And then after that, you know, draft somebody, see if they can play Shamar, Jean Charles, see if he takes a step. I mean, I don't know. But that's fun. That's fun stuff, especially when you start, okay, and then you still, oh, by the way, you still have Kenny Clark. You still have Rashawn Gary, who seemingly gets better every single year. And then if you just get Preston Smith at, you know, his eight to nine sack self, 60 pressures, dude, you're cooking with you're cooking with gas. Like that, that could be a lot of fun. And if you want to talk about how this team gets over the hump, I think it could be a defense that plays lights out the entire year. So, um, I, that that pro, the prospect of Rasul and Campbell being back in Green Bay is a lot of fun, and I, I think it's gonna. I think it. I think it's gonna happen. Well, and I think the good news, and just it kind of fits with the way Gutekunst has typically built his team. You know, one of the criticisms of Ted Thompson was that he would have this team with such a gaping hole at one of their positions that they had no choice but, well, I mean, the argument was they had no choice but to draft that position in the first round because otherwise, who the hell is going to do that? You know, who's going to rush the passer across from Clay Matthews? Who's going to play corner across from whoever it was, Tremont Williams, Sam Shields at the time? So Gutekunst typically likes to fill those holes as much as he can to give himself flexibility on draft night, and sometimes – he takes the obvious position. Last year, that was an example. He took Eric Stokes. Sometimes he throws a curveball and takes a quarterback. That certainly happens too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of time left to go. We are out of time. We ran over on this particular episode. Thank you guys for listening. You can catch me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westdorf. You can find Ross over at? At Ross Uglum. And at Packer Report 66 for all of his work there. And Morley, you've got a few things going on in terms of the draft. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, uh, we got the Green Bay Draft Guide coming up here, guys. Uh, had the, the support that we've gotten from that so far has just been just been phenomenal. So thank you guys so much for uh, going out and purchasing those. And if you have not, make sure you go to uh, my Twitter page, at Jacob Morley, the pinned tweet, um, and get you one for eight ninety nine right now. That's going to drop on April eleventh. Uh, Two hundred twenty five player profiles, you know, specific to the Green Bay Packers. We'll be dropping a um, a preview um, of one of those player profiles here in the next few days. So that'll be a lot of fun, um, and you guys can see what that looks like. And then there will be features in there. Um, from uh, Jacob Westendorf and myself, that are going to be a lot of fun. So uh, just make sure you check it out. Uh, get your hands on one of them. You're not gonna you're not gonna want to miss out on that. Be sure to check that out. Check us out next week. We'll have plenty more news to talk, and we'll be much closer to the NFL draft. Maybe we'll actually be able to talk some draft stuff. Otherwise, free agency. There's a lot of stuff going on. We got a lot of off season left, guys. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.